Hey folks, welcome to this week's show. Before we begin, we just want to remind you, follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, just type in Dabblin' Dribblin', should come right up, and subscribe to us on iTunes, we're on iTunes, right? Yeah. And, and SoundCloud. Yes. These and things. Stitcher. And Stitcher. Wait, we're on Stitcher? I know. Holy crap. <laughs> if you go to any one of those, you can subscribe to us. Uh, rate us five stars. If you think we deserve it, it'll help people find the podcast later. Um, so we can get more people on the dabbling, dribbling tip. Any, uh, that's, that's it. That's it. Yeah, and if you see it. us out here in these streets. Say hi. I mean, be careful. Because, like, Bri's <laughs> a little rough. Like, she's feisty. Well, how you got to tell people that I fight people? You have done things that I've seen. I, you're, I should warn people. I should, should warn people. people. Yeah, you're right. But right. if you see me with Bri... I'll keep her under control. Uh, just, just say hi, and we'll be, we'll be fine and friendly. So, anyway, thanks for listening, and uh, let's get to this week's show. What up, folks? Welcome to Dabbling and Dribbling with Alex and Bride. What's up, y'all? Man, you might be wondering. Whoa, it's not two weeks since the last cast. What's going on? What's going on, Alex? Um, you're asking why are we doing this like a week later? Yeah. Because we decided that we there was enough to talk about <laughs> and uh, we would just do one this week and then we'll we'll skip two weeks later after that. Right. Right, right, right. All right. It should be fun. It should be good. But yeah, how's your week been? It's been a whole week since I've seen you. That's a lie. I've seen you like every day for the past like. Yeah, but we've seen. We've seen a lot of each other. Yeah. We've been in the same room pretty much every day. Ugh. And uh, it's been exhausting. all day. It's been so exhausting. <laughs> yeah, and now we we are free and fancy. Yeah, and we're we're just doing this. So I mean, I'll tell you what. We've had long days and we've worked very hard. Yeah. But I've still tried in the mornings to have me time mm-hmm. and a routine. How'd and, that go? Uh, good. I got in the gym on Monday and I uh-huh. felt fairly fine. Yeah. And then um, did my due diligence, but then you get in the gym. In a gym you don't know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I got that membership with the satellite. Oh, yeah, different right, right, one. Right. So I went to one I don't normally go to because it was by the meeting area. Uh-huh. And then you, these guys who know the gym are using it. Uh, like they know the gym. Yeah. I know the gym. And I quickly assess, like, okay, here's what I'm going to need today. I do a walkabout for one minute to figure out what I need. Mm-hmm. One of those moments where everyone's on every machine that you need. That's hap- that happens to bench. you a lot, though. It's like, only- this, is, this is the second time this has happened to you, right? Yeah. Because uh, I feel like this we've talked about this once before. Yeah, but that was when I was at my last gym. Oh, right. And I left that gym because it didn't have as many options. Mm. This new gym has a lot more options. It's just everybody was on my cycle. So I think what I'm going to do is have to mix up what I'm using. Do some, some different body weight stuff or whatever. And then... Um, yeah, I've been doing some reading in the morning. Nice. This new thing, I'm not plugging this. Right. I mean, because they're not sponsoring us. Right. <laughs> so I'll only say it one time. All right, say it one time. Blinkist. Blinkist. What's this? It's a an app where they will they will summarize a book uh-huh. in 15 minutes. Whoa. They'll give you the, the main takeaways of a book in So this is minutes. like SparkNotes and like audiobook? Exactly. Man, SparkNotes got me through, college, with through high school. Same, same. <laughs> AP English, and now I read all the time. What's wrong with yeah. you? Yeah, <laughs> no. I when I heard about this, I said, okay. My mornings, I'd love to read. I'd love to read a book a day. Sure. If I could, this allows me to wake up, have breakfast, and listen to an entire book 
while I have breakfast. That's been saving my mornings. I will say, for me, it's been just listening to just, you know, the recap of what happened. The soap opera that is... Tell about your stories? Huh? The stories? The the stories of uh, American... As the White House turns. As the White House turns. (laughs) Days of our what the hell. Yep. (laughs) Um, Yeah, every morning I listen to one of those... Like, you know, like NPR has one, the New York Times has one. Yeah. Yeah. You wake up, you're just like, ooh, what happened today? It's like, what shit storm happened today? So that's been, yeah, that's always fun It has been entertaining. Has it? I mean, in a very, like, apocalyptic way. Yeah, I feel like the end is near. The end is nigh. In the same way that, like, Armageddon would be, like... Not a great thing. Exciting, but also, like, really (laughs) nerve-wracking. Right. Like, that's what this is. Yeah, I'm really glad that I don't, I'm like, not afraid of death. Like, if death were to happen, I'm like, all right, I'm down. Because I, I feel like I've lived a full life. Last time we talked, we uh-huh. ended on our last podcast about how we were, we didn't know how to feel about John McCain. Right. Since that time. Yes. John McCain, like, got his nuts together. Got his nuts together. He did yeah, at 1 a.m. That night, shortly after we did the cast. After was, I roasted him. After a, you roasted him, you were like, the first two times, you voted on the side of poor judgment. Poor judgment slash you wanted to have a more discussion about this bill that you said you weren't even really going to support slash maybe right. support. Like, and then you did. Right. And it was like, come on, man. And yeah. then when it finally came down to the skinny repeal. Right. He, man, the way that he walked up to that podium. And he just raised his right hand. In front of Mitch McConnell. Did you right. see Mitch McConnell? Did you see his, his face? Arms? Oh, he looked... His his pissed. second his second chin turned red. <laughs> he it was just said his bright red. Chin it was bright red. Turned red. And he just stood there looking at him pursed lip like, God, John, don't do it. And, he, and the, uh, John that, that with, the, totally. with the hand up and then flipping the fingers down and just going no yeah. and walking away. Yeah. No. And everyone's like, he's a hero, and I'm just like, no, you're not a hero for saving the lives of millions of people. Like, by doing the right thing. That's just called being, a, like, if you want to talk about morality, like, that's the moral thing to do. Well, give him, you know? give him his, his dues. He's a maverick. Dude's a maverick. Uh, he's, he's a, he's a bit of know, flying in the... He was the only old white guy in his party to go the other way. Well, speaking of old white people, um, I feel like that's going to be a theme of our, our class today. We're talking about... Just a lot of old white people. And how you have a lot Denny's, of feelings. Denny's and IHOP Sunday mornings. <laughs> yeah, more more old white people than Del Boca Vista, Florida. Man, I mean, I don't know. I just like white people have a lot of feelings, and they they've been having a lot of feelings this week. Don't um, you feel? Which, don't you which, feel? Well, I mean, besides the Republicans on Capitol Hill, mm-hmm. I mean, like, well, who are you talking about? Um, I mean, there's there's quite a few. So uh, there's a lot of white people feeling some kind of way about Colin Kaepernick. Okay, and, let's start there. Yeah. Let's start there. So the Baltimore Ravens were slash are, maybe still were, I don't know. I don't know what they're I feeling. I think he's out of the conversation. They were interested yeah. in Colin Kaepernick. And the Baltimore fans. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the Baltimore fans. Some of the, yes, I, let's, let's be fair. Some of the Baltimore Ravens fans who I will assume were probably white. She said it. We're not feeling it. Not they didn't. They didn't. They don't like his um, 
him wanting to sit or kneel during a song. Um, that song, though, is not just any song. No, it's not just any song. It is the national anthem. Right. For a lot of people, that's a trigger. Sure. Totally. Like, that's a no-fly zone for a lot of people. Right. Um, but I think one of the... I read an article, and I was just like, instead of like being really upset about how why he's not standing, mm-hmm. why don't you ask... Why, you know, why are you sitting? Tell me why you're sitting. Get, tell me more. Say more. Say more about that. Right. But people think they do Let's have dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's have, let's not uh, debate here. Let's, let me understand where you're coming from. It's not a debate. It's not a debate. <laughs> it's a dialogue. It's a dialogue. By the way, we, Alex and I have been <laughs> talking about dialogue and debate a lot at work. And so that's There's a difference. There's a huge difference between the two. Where you're in a relationship. Uh, you want to have dialogue, not debate. No, that's that's kind of that's how, true. Um, I here's the thing: people think they understand, and so they think right. they understand why he's kneeling, and therefore, listen, this guy is ungrateful. He's a complainer. He does not appreciate the freedoms he's given as an American. That comes from a place of not knowing. Nick Collin acknowledges, and people acknowledge. No, I totally get it. I'm in a country that gives me way more freedoms than many other places in the world. Mm-hmm. I can have religious views that are different. I can have um, the ability to maybe potentially, according to the American ideals, mm-hmm. move up or move down within right. the socioeconomic uh, playing mm-hmm. field. I can do a lot of things and, and have more liberties than I would have in other countries. Mm-hmm. However... There's still a huge disparity in the reality of how black and brown bodies are treated yeah. in this country. And that's not something that we haven't documented on paper. We, we put together legislature, legislation mm-hmm. that is supposed to equalize everyone. But in the actual practice, people are being mistreated, brutalized, beaten, and, and it's unfair. So I think people understand like, oh, he's down on a knee because he thinks America is good for nothing. No, he's down on his knee because people need to listen and be aware. And so I think my biggest issue is, um, so remember last week you asked me like, like why did you stop really watching the NFL or, or like yeah. just watching games? And mm-hmm. I was like, I don't remember. And I realized I like blocked out a lot of things and a lot of it has to do with what I'm about to say. So like there's been a backup quarterback from a terrible team in the Arena League mm-hmm. uh, that got drafted before Colin Kaepernick did. Yeah. Right, and now there's many men in the NFL, and that we know of, Mm -hmm. um, that have uh, been accused or convicted of drug charges, uh, sexual assault, domestic abuse, um, whatever else it may be, and Mm. not, and they still get to play. Yeah, they still make millions of dollars. They still get to do. A, let's be fair, a pretty violent sport, you know, in, yeah. in as much as, you know, we talk, we talk a lot about how I like a little tussle here and there, right. but you know, football, is well, the bit. pads. Yeah. But I mean, I want to call you out here. The what? pads kind of restrict some of the visibility of the players. So, I mean, the tussling is kind of, it's it just kind happens. of <laughs> hidden. It's kind of, it, it's under pads. Right. Like sure. when they jump into the huddles, yeah. like the scrums, the scuttles. S- Scuttles. When they when they're on top of each other, all yeah. piled up, yeah. like you, you, it's just a bunch of pads and like they wear pants. They don't even wear shorts. Like you can't even see kneecaps. Right. <laughs> sure. All you see are arms. 
Like they have and face masks. You can't even and see. Their arms are hot sometimes. But all they have is their arms. <laughs> I mean, you know, look at the line. Really tight butts. You know, if you're into. I that. mean, I mean, look at the offensive line though. That's like. Oh. It's a different. <laughs> that's different. But you know, if you're into that, that there's a many different types of body you types. You know what? Love is love. You're right. It's a good spread. It's, it's a, a good, good spread of body types. There's a, it's a spread of... Anyway, but like you have all of this, right? This like sexual uh, sexual assault, domestic abuse, drug charges, convicted or accused, all these different things, and these people still get to play, but a silent protest is right. what's keeping this man from playing a game that he is good at. He is not bad at being a quarterback. No, as most analysts have said, actually every analyst I've heard has said, mm-hmm. like, it's not a question of his, his passer completion yeah. to interception ratio. No. This is, he has some thoughts, and he had, a, he had a platform, and he knew that there was some responsibility behind the platform that he had, and he took it, and knowing that there could be a risk. I'm sure he knew the risk that he was taking. By yeah. doing what he did, mm-hmm. or, do, or doing what he is doing, in terms of where he is in the league standing, it's t- all right. So all these teams have tried him out. Mm-hmm. He's tried out for a few teams: Seahawks, yep. Saints, Ravens. Right. He gets looked at. They run him through the paces, and they say, "Not right now." Right. And so they're getting these teams are getting backlash. The league is getting backlash from current and former players saying, "This is." pretty outrageous that he's not on a team yet and it's not because of his talent because we're asking him to be a backup quarterback right not even the starter he would be your backup and he's the you're passing on him for someone who is half as good as this guy there are 102 quarterbacks right now going through training camp yeah and he's not one of them. Yeah. That's outrageous. It's stupid. Yeah, people are calling people cowards. Yeah. Um, the Jets wide receiver Jennings said, like, uh, owners are cowards. Mm-hmm. We're not taking this guy. But So I would say this. But the thing this... is, like, you need... It's great that he said that. Uh-huh. But we need to see allies say something. We um, need to see white players saying something. What did um, Jay Crowder... Not Crowder. He's a black NBA player. Who am I thinking... There's a, there's a Fowler... One of the quarterbacks for the the quarterback for the Jets, um, came out and said as much that this is ridiculous, and um, Chris Long, linebacker, tight end. Chris you, Long came you know out, white I mean? player. He's like, oh, he said about um, Michael Vick's comment that he need to cut his hair. He said, Colin Kaepernick, you should cut your hair. Mm-hmm, like, right. it's not about you know, it's about your talent, but really, you should cut your hair. That'll help. Like, you're, you'll get better on the field if you right. cut your hair. Right. Come on, dude. Listen to yourself. Right. And he backtracked that, but mm-hmm. um, Chris Long was like, that's some... He put on his Twitter, who's a white player, he put out there like, Michael Vick is saying some stupid shit. Good. What? And then he came out and said, I played last year with this dirty-ass mullet all year mm-hmm. on a pretty conservative team, mm-hmm. and it wasn't a problem. Right. So what's the deal? And that's great that they're saying that. But I can't even... Again, I've been out of the NFL game for a minute. Like, I know the NFL games are starting this weekend, which is exciting for some. Um, but, That's like, fine. I would love to see Tom Brady saying something. Oh, I would, Tom? I would love to see... You're asking too much. I know. Tom Brady is uh He might be just, like, that. working on his clean diet and, like, you know... Yeah. getting his life together i guess but but that's really the point right is like how come more people don't know this and i'm realizing that white america 
it goes back to privilege. Mm-hmm. White America does not have to know what Colin Kaepernick is referring to. No. White people can look at Colin Kaepernick and assume, just like they do with any person of color, right. that people of color live the same life that they live. Yeah. So I'm fine in America. And the same opportunities and the same everything. No one discriminates against me because this is America. Obviously, that's against our ideals. Um, so why right. is he complaining? Yeah, and to have Ray Lewis of the Baltimore Ravens also come what, out. What did the mofo say? He just basically, he did a, a screenshot video of him just telling, giving advice publicly to Colin Kaepernick to say, hey man, the most important thing as a young athlete, as great as you are, is to get out there and let your play speak for itself. Keep it down with the quiet protest he's retired isn't he isn't Ray yeah. retired? he's a retired timer. dude no one's asking you anything shut up he, he's like we don't that will keep you off the field and anything that keeps you off the field is not in your best interest right now not in the best interest of the fans i want you to play football i want you to be happy just kind of keep that stuff down a little bit and i understand that advice like i get that advice you it's know coming from a place of care totally i want you to make your money i, I want to see a black man who's as talented as you get get what's yours get right. what you deserve but come on dude no he like, doesn't know that was never ray's deal ray was never politically engaged he ray is not woke he's ray's not been woke he's spiritually uh tremendous ray lewis in a in a cathedral mm-hmm. or on a in a locker room mm-hmm. is one of the most momentous people in the world like this guy can move mountains with his words but ray lewis the professor of sociology and social justice is not the guy you want he doesn't have it (laughs) he doesn't he he doesn't have the degrees to have (laughs) no he's not he's not there he doesn't he doesn't have that well i mean i think that it you you speak to um kind of i think what has been driving this administration's um agenda is this this notion of white privilege is something that is kind of like an ugly word for them mm-hmm. for and I'm saying 45's base is pretty homogenous in in the white America yeah world right so not saying that there are, there are people of color that do support 45 and his administration and the agenda but I'm like I'm thinking about the things that have happened this past week from immigration from the affirmative action stuff mm-hmm. that they're doing it's all driving from this place of like oh white people are not you know white people's identity or their place in society is being threatened you know what i'll also put something because i have feelings about all of that mm-hmm. that you just mentioned but also the administration um the, the secretary of education the director of education Secretary of Education? Yeah, Secretary of Education. You're talking about Betsy? Betsy D. Mm-hmm. Betsy DV. She uh, also is exploring, you know, our Title IX enforcement as it relates to accusers, or the accused. Can you explain what Title IX is? Title IX. I know what it is, but to our listening listeners. Title IX is the title that comes after the first eight. It's the one that we think about in terms of sexual misconduct and assault. Mm-hmm. particularly as it relates to colleges mm-hmm. and universities in the country. And it started within athletics, but it's expanded to overall functions right. of universities and colleges. And it basically says a university has the responsibility if anyone reports being sexually assaulted 
uh, molested, sexually harassed. Mm-hmm. It is the university's responsibility and duty lawfully to investigate, follow up, and do its due diligence to find out what happened. Yeah, so when Title IX first came in, it was in the area of athletics for specifically women to have access to athletics in a way that they're not discriminated. So it's basically no person in the United States shall, on the basis of sex, Mm -hmm. be excluded from participation in, be denied the benefits of, or be subjected to discrimination under any educational program or activity receiving federal financial assistance. And it really started because state universities, federal, uh, Mm -hmm. federally supported, they had all these men's sports teams Right. And they had three women's sports teams. Right, right. And I was like, uh... That's not fair. Let's make money for the gals to and play. And that's obviously, like, expanded to much more of, like, mm-hmm. ba- on, based on sex, we're not going to, not, you know, not investigate or, you know... if Even if it makes us look bad, like, if right. one... If, if a football player sexually assaults another person, we are going to... We will investigate that and there will be consequences to that. Mm-hmm. So, so the Title IX investigation also leans toward who were the majority of people who are accused mm-hmm. of sexual assault on campuses? Usually men. Yeah, usually. It, you know, it, it, not always, but usually. Mm-hmm. And it goes toward this notion of, yes, w- affirmative action and uh, immigration leans heavily white. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of like resisting affirmative action, resisting right. immigration, like preserving what is white. Right. Looking at Title IX again to see like, uh, are we, you know, accusing too many men? It's going toward a culture of male dominance and white supremacy still being the benchmark of American excellence. That's disgusting. Well, that's what we knew we were getting, right? When this no, guy was knew. running for... I mean, yeah. when he was talking about grabbing people by the pussies, it was like... Yeah, Again, okay. I don't want your small hands anywhere near my snatch, like <laughs> at all. <laughs> that is, that's, we knew what we were signing up for. And as you said, the rest of America has, it's really good for them. When I look at pictures of the rallies mm-hmm. where he is, you see a lot of white middle-aged men and young white men wearing t-shirts and blue jeans. Mm-hmm. They're not making tons of money. They're out in rural areas right. and they're not exposed to a lot of difference. They're not mm-hmm. exposed to ideas of like, what is feminism? Because that's a bad word in right. a lot of places. You know, how does? What do you mean? What is a what is a vegetarian? Are those people like communist? Right. right. All these sorts of like misconceptions uh, of what lifestyles are like. Mm-hmm. What is Islam? What is Hinduism? All these, is is Hinduism and Sikh and Muslim all the same thing? If you don't, they know, are actually all of them are the same exact thing. Well, I was waiting for you to say it because I know that, but like I, I didn't feel like I was. <laughs> They're not to the that. same exact thing. That was sarcasm. Continue. Okay. <laughs> uh, so the guys. So I, I mean, when he was running these campaigns, you saw the swell of the base. Right. And his approval rating right now, I'm talking about 45. 45's approval rating is at like 32, 33 percent. Oh, that's low. Even for him, that's pretty bad. Yeah. And uh, I think. It's smart on his part. If you really just failed at healthcare, something y'all have been promising for seven years. Eight years to be exact. Well, no, seven years. It's seven years. Whatever. Yeah. Long they, time. Yeah, they've been, yeah. They should, you, you got to do something to sure up the people who voted you into office because right. they know you're doing nothing. So he turns toward immigration and so he turns toward um, uh, was affirmative action. The affirmative action thing is actually quite interesting because... Um, I read an article recently where uh, it basically was saying, um, 
Hold on, let me just make sure I pull it up so I'm not um, just saying this wrong. They, they, it was basically saying don't use Asian Americans to justify anti-affirmative action policies. So there's a lot of um, anti-affirmative action lawsuits that have been gone like been out there. Right. Uh, the most famous one is oh god, what's her name? Fisher Abby. versus Abby Fisher. Yeah. Abby Fisher versus University of Texas A and M specifically. Little Abby Fish. Yeah. Sweet, sweet person. Um, Basically, they're saying, like, you know, Asian Americans are being uh, discriminated against because there's too many Asian Americans on college campuses. Um, and so they're starting to get discriminated against because they're being more selective now of who can come and who can't come and things like that. Wait um, a second. Say that again. So Asian Americans. So they're starting to put, like, campaigns as well as lawsuits trying to, of anti-affirmative action-related policies with other with schools saying that like you know you discriminate against this asian student who has all these great credentials right when you think of like they have the grades they have whatever and they didn't get into school not like abby fisher who actually didn't have the grades or the scores so they're using asian americans who have the grades because when you think of the model minority myth the asian americans are model minorities oh, right boy. they they have good grades. This they follow. Bad. They follow all the rules. Right. They they are the they are the model. Yeah. And you know if this is about you know equal rights for everybody, and as or an equal opportunity or the equity of of education being given to as many people as possible, mm. especially of those who are disenfranchised, they're disenfranchised. You know like why you know like why are we not giving them the opportunity? Like this is. It's they're basically saying the system is flawed. Like what, like like anti uh, the affirmative action is flawed because you're not giving access to someone you're not who's clearly qualified, the most qualified, the most qualified access, and they're using Asian Americans who are people of color to you know making it a white agenda. This is interesting. This is very interesting. Yeah, you know it's what? really it's really effed up. Okay, so what are we saying at this? We are saying this institution. If it has the bench, if it has the the mark mm-hmm. of where you need to hit SAT, ACT, GPA wise, right. you should automatically be in to this institution. Right. And if they fill up to capacity with people who meet that mark, and by the deadline of registration, by the or deadline, whatever, right? Yeah. Then you need to then look at another university. And so I guess people are talking. The people who are filing these lawsuits are essentially. Uh, saying we should filter people to the schools that fit their standards of GPA, ACT, mm-hmm. all that, the test taking, and all of that. So the people who go to the university in, I'm just going to, I don't want to name a university because mm-hmm. I don't know any actual statistics. Or, oh, I know some, but I don't want to put them on Front Street. Um, let's say the university in in hawaii Mm -hmm. that has it requires a a 3.0 gpa and you need a 25 on your act Mm -hmm. you go in to that university and you have a 24 on your act and you have a 4.0 gpa Mm -hmm. from your high school well you didn't quite meet the act mark and you know what they shouldn't go there they should go to the school that requires a 22 on the act so you send them to arizona and they go to a school there so we're basically saying it's all about those numbers versus what affirmative action is meant to do is say, if you're within range of, you have a 4.0 GPA from a high school that's in a rough neighborhood in Baltimore, mm-hmm. 
4.0 GPA, one of the, the valedictorian of your school in Baltimore. Right. But your ACT score is a 23. Right. And you're applying to a school where the average is a 25. And you're a person of color who is heavily involved in your sports and mm-hmm. clubs at your school. In your community. In your community. Yeah. We would take a chance on bringing you to our institution under some kind of affirmative action for someone who works really hard. Right. To have a Because you're going to create a sense of diversity and thought and mm-hmm. all this stuff. We're going to benefit your life and we think you have the qualities to benefit our campus culture. Right. Versus the guy who has a 35... Well, that's pretty high. A 30, <laughs> 35 is very high, actually. You have a 29 on your ACT. Our campus average is 25. And you got a 3.4 GPA from a very elite high school right. in your privileged neighborhood. We already have people from privileged neighborhoods with you know good GPAs and whatever. We might pass up on you and have you go somewhere else. So that's saying the people who are filing lawsuits are essentially saying, no, he made the marks. He, he made the cut. He should should be in in before the person who you're trying to take as... They would probably call it a charity case. Yeah, no, that's essentially what it is. Okay. Well, I don't like that. No, who does? (laughs) I mean, I guess other people do, but... um, But it's just coming back down to... There's studies that have proven diverse classes with... uh, Like, the article talked about, like, being in your law law class, Mm -hmm. like, in law school, and when you're talking about... um, the whole Japanese internment thing that's happening when you have students in the room who maybe had family that went into the internment camp or things like that brings a richness to the study, a richness to the education mm-hmm. that wouldn't have been there if it was just all people. Cause we can fill a room with elite high school students who have the money and all these different things to in a classroom. You can, you can fill that up. Oftentimes it's going to be, very homogenous and white right uh, because historically white people have had the privilege of having of accessibility to things and so they have the, I mean and, and again historically not saying that there aren't any poor white people that are struggling and oh, for sure and feel like they don't have white privilege because they are poor but they don't recognize that they don't have to wake up every morning black or they don't have to wake up every right. morning a different skin color you know do you, being burnt isn't a skin color how how long do you think white people who don't buy into the idea of white privilege right how long do you think in the minds of white people like this how long do you think they think affirmative action has been in place oh probably like 75 years i would say probably even less i think eh, they probably say like 50 yeah how long is Affirmative action actually been in place. Isn't it like 70s? Um, 80s? I don't know. I don't remember. By affirmative action, I mean, in the most liberal sense, a policy designed to benefit certain populations. I have no idea. What's the answer? Uh, I would say 400 years. What do you mean? Explain. It was, called, it was called being white. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it, was called, it was called... It was... It used to be called being white. And then they dubbed it affirmative action and it went... The other way. Oh, and they didn't like it. I mean, from the point where you literally stripped land away from indigenous native people. Right. And said, hey, we're coming into this area. And, and we're so, not going to pay you lick for this. No, we're not going to give you anything. And it was actually funny. I listened to some other historical podcasts and they were like, tell stories of like yeah. people in American history who did things. And it's hilarious. It's ridiculous and hilarious to hear of mm-hmm. these white 
Puritan settlers coming right. in and be like, oh, yes, Native people show us how to do this. Oh, you've shown us so much. Thank you. Oh, we, we talked amongst mm-hmm. the white people and we've decided that the new land of the the new law of the land is this. Mm-hmm. We're going to have guns now. Right. Um, you all can't have guns. Right. That's against the law. But um, you have until, I don't know, we'll give you next Wednesday to just <laughs> to get, like, get your stuff you know, together. sign up here and go live there. Or, it's um, very we'll Fiddler on the Roofy. Like if you've watched yeah. Fiddler on the Roof or, or, um, or Martin What's her name? What's his name? Pharma Bro. Oh, Pharma. I don't know Pharma Bro's name. It's his name is Martin something with an S. Um, but like he's like I have this. I finally have access to penicillin and other things, and I'm gonna not penicillin. Is it penicillin? No. What did he have access to? All I know is he had so many drugs that he hiked up the price on. Right. So, like he had some. I think he had some HIV drugs, and as well as yeah. Um, what, anyway, whatever things that people need to some like Viagra, some to live to live, mm-hmm. and he's like, I have access to this. I'm gonna make this incredibly hard for you because I have access to this now. Like I can do this because I'm a white dude and I can do what I want. Well, yeah, but some and you know, but white America would argue that that is a capitalist mentality of greed. That's not sure. because he's white. Okay, I would disagree, but that's what people would I say. I would say it's yes and it's, like it's, it's it's both hand in hand. It's hundred percent both. It's an entitlement. And so you and, come in as ugh. a, so the settlers came in and they were like, we're entitled to this land. Right. Even though these native people have lived here for hundreds of years, right. I'm sure it's ours now. So they took it. Then brought because in slaves. Because my skin is lighter and prettier and you guys are kind of Of course, weird. naturally. Brought in slaves. 1619, the first slave, landed mm-hmm. in the United States. And we brought them in and they started farming. They couldn't do it with the native people because the native people... At the time, we're just saying, like, oh, we grew enough food to have enough food for the harvest. Right. So, like, everything's fine. And they wouldn't work harder than that because it was, like, about enjoying life. Right. And you couldn't have white slaves because they would blend into the population. The native people, they found out early on, the native people, when they tried to enslave them, if you crossed another native population, they would just go off with other native populations and it was hard to keep track of them so black people became the most obvious indicator of a slave right they used them and so you enslaved people for all this time denied them access to healthcare, education and housing all the way up to 1965 and the present mm-hmm. like document it is like documented that people were cut off from here you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna tell you something He's opened up a book, folks. I have a book here. Do you know what the GI Bill was? I do know what the GI Bill was. What was the GI Bill? To the extent that you... I mean, what from what about? I... from Again, I know from, like, very, very sparsely, so please correct me. It was basically a bill of, like, thanks, GIs, for what you've done for our country. Here's... I think there was a housing, uh, like, credit for them mm-hmm. where they were able to buy houses for pretty yeah. inexpensively and like get a, a bank loan a mortgage bank loan mortgage a way to kind of in, in, in another way to also rev, rev up the economy in, yeah. in doing that yeah. um they also were able to go to school for free yes uh which is which i'm a big proponent of um mm-hmm. because education is really important uh, which then helped with careers and things of that nature. Right. So you got a free education. You got you some, got, you got a, a whole house, lot of it. A home. Mm-hmm. You could start a family. Mm-hmm. And because they were coming off of World Wars, right. Um, the baby boomers. Right. People are having a lot of kids. So you like, will be having sex. So you so, so much yeah. sex. And we're so we're giving you these homes and education at a very discounted rate. Right. If if not free, 
And so we for want our economy for education, right. right? We want our economy to be strong and healthy and vibrant, and you can have a big family. Go do it. Who got access to the GI Bill? I'm assuming white soldiers. Yes. In fact, a lot of white soldiers. And um, actually, this is from the book Waking Up White uh, by Beth Irving. Okay. Debbie Irving. Irving. Okay. okay. Yes. Not related to Kyrie Irving. <laughs> um, she's white. She is white. Okay. Kyrie is not. Kyrie. No. Um, not to say not. that you couldn't be family, but they're just <laughs> not related. I know this. So, um, actually, between 1934 and 1962, okay. around the time the GI Bill was in place, right? Um, the federal government underwrote 120 billion dollars in new housing. Just in housing, mm-hmm. 120 billion. Less than two percent went to people of color. That seems like affirmative action to me. That seems a little affirming. It's a little affirming of like your your existence. I don't that you matter. It's one of the greatest examples of affirmative action for white people in right. the history of, and that's pretty modern. Yeah. So you think about the amount of wealth that was accumulated and saved over that time and passed down. Yeah. To white family members. Mm-hmm. Consider blockbusting also what would happen as a common practice the Federal Housing Administration Mm -hmm. by the government Mm -hmm. Intentionally and consistently put in segregationist language to everything from restrictive covenants saying black people can't live in these neighborhoods Redlining you'll you'll live in these public housing projects, right? Separate from white individuals. Mm -hmm. You can't sell a home to a black family in a white neighborhood Mm -hmm. or Because it'll decrease the value of the decrease the the value You'll have your housing realtor license stripped of you And if you're a bank that gives a mortgage to a black family We'll take away we'll close that bank and we'll take away your accreditation everything you're saying is just making me sick to my stomach and So if you do this and you let a black family move in you're essentially committing career suicide yeah. and you're destroying everything and everyone around you. Um, but it would, what was I say? What was I gonna say? Who do you think? Oh, blockbusting. Mm-hmm. Blockbusting was a practice in which, this is ridiculous. A white realtor okay. would go into, they would pay, in some instances pay, sometimes they didn't have to pay, mm-hmm. but they would pay a black family or a couple black people and say hey you know we might uh we might have some properties coming up soon in this white residential neighborhood you know just, uh, you know go ahead and drive through there and take a look at some of the homes yeah. sometime and they would pay them to go just look through the properties drive in your car walk down the street just look at some of the homes people of color would do this right and then those same realtors would go through those communities for the next weeks months years mm-hmm. and say hey did you see black people in your neighborhood recently? And white people would say, why, yes. And uh, we noticed that. We're like, yeah, they're thinking of moving into this neighborhood. They're going to be coming here soon. So white flight happened. Your home is going to be worth almost nothing. So white flight. So they would buy those homes off of white people for a chump change. And then... Even the the city's upset about what you're saying. Do you hear those sirens? Yeah, no, right? (laughs) Okay, this is a common practice. They used to have white flight out of those neighborhoods. Right. People of color, they would then increase rates by up to 60% for those homes, for black people and people of color to move into after that. So think about that. 
We are allowing the best jobs, best education, best homes to white America for decades. Right. After the war. Mm-hmm. You can have whatever you want and we'll, you'll pay next to nothing. Rates very low. When you leave, we're going to have black people move in here and we're going to charge them 60% more than you were paying for that home. You start to, and we're not going to give them better jobs. Right. Regardless of, oh, you served in the military, you were a high ranking member in the military. When right. you come back, you cannot be You're a teacher, professor. You are a janitor. You are a cook. Yeah. You can't serve in other capacities. So they would then have to have their families live in these uh, housing projects or in these homes, and you would have to double up. You'd like, here's my immediate family, and then also you have your grandmother and grandfather, right. and you have the cousins living there because right. it's too expensive for you to have low-income jobs and high-rent uh, homes where white people had high-paying jobs and low-cost homes. And we did this for decades. All the way 1965, they put in the you know, Fair Housing Rights Act. Right. And still, nothing really changed. I mean, we can still discriminate till we're blue in the face. Other things I saw here in this reading that were, like, pretty outrageous. Uh, oh, my God. But it's the idea of when you put in these this legislation in America that determined if someone was white. Yeah. I'm going to read you something here. Okay. Uh, this is about... A guy named Takao Ozawa in 1922 in the Supreme Court, he went in front of them to get rights as a Japanese uh, citizen who became American, learned English, fulfilled every part of the requirements to be a citizen, passes as Caucasian, but then he went in front of the court and they ruled that, nah, you, you did everything right, but you're not white you did everything right he learned english he had a lifestyle that was american he went to christian church on sunday he dressed as a westerner he brought brought up his children as americans but they ruled against him because for the court he didn't pass as white and that's the kind of culture in america where even if you are everything that we value your skin doesn't look right it's like that you've watched selma right yeah, and it's like that scene where Oprah's char- Oprah's character goes to because she wants to register to vote so she can vote, and they ask her some of the hardest questions. Oh yeah, of like American the history. Test. The the uh, the poll test. Yeah, the poll test, and she answers them all right, all of them right, and still she doesn't. Right. She, because she's you know, but I, I mean coming back to. This whole idea. I, I mean, I, I'm saying this because, I mean, in our dabbling section, I think we've been talking about this a lot just between us as friends of, mm-hmm. like, how white privilege is clearly very prevalent and we're very aware of it and we're living in a bubble where most people I talk to, I don't have to argue with them that white privilege exists, but I think there's a whole section of the country or of of our of our culture that believes that white privilege is not a thing that there are no privileges you have to pick yourself up from your bootstraps and like everyone has the same opportunities and time and time again we're seeing one legislation historically as well as even presently that is trying to be that has been passed that have been passed and that are trying to be passed that is just trying to preserve whiteness and trying to preserve white um 
the white place. Yeah, superiority or place in society. Because there is a fear of, oh man, we are not as important as we were before. That we are not as... And you have to think like... God, that sounds... It makes me... My stomach turns. Right, and like... And there's we, and there's and there's and there's people who realize that white privilege exists and they feel guilty and have white guilt of like, I feel bad that this is how people think about the history of our country and I'm just like, right. I mean, you can feel guilty and whatever, but like, there's do something about it, you know. Well, okay, but you can't do anything about something you don't know about, and right. so that idea of we're losing our place, we're mm-hmm. not as powerful as we once were. Right. Is this idea We gotta make that, America great again. Well, it's making America white again. That's yeah. what he's asking. It's the idea that we always deserve to be as powerful as we were. Yeah. It was always granted. It was always given. It was a right for us to be this empowered. No, you took it from well, the people who Well, we took it because we were, were more skilled and the other people just, you know, weren't Darwin, like survival of the fittest, mm-hmm. instead of the notion that there was probably a lot of cheating and deception and just general um, discrimination mm-hmm. that happened and stripping away of powers um, from people who had right to their humanity. Right. Like, we disregarded that because... There was no language around that in the American psyche early on. And still, like, people are unkind and inconsiderate toward difference in our country. And we think we understand because we already went through the Martin Luther King phase. We already passed the legislation. We've already had a... I watched a YouTube video not so long ago. I stumbled onto this, like, white alt-right rural channel on YouTube where Mm -hmm. this guy said, like, look at this rant from one of these social justice warriors on YouTube. And... He makes the point that Trump and all of his people in the cabinet are symbols of white power and elitism. Mm -hmm. But that argument wouldn't have been so great only five months ago when we had a black president. Because we had a black president, this idea of inequality kind of goes away. Right. Because we had one guy in office. Out of of the 44, one dude. Well, I mean... That's not really fair, Bri. I mean, we only had 44 white guys. But then if you look at... 40, 43 white. Well, now we have 44 white We guys. had 44 white guys. But if you look at their vice presidents, though, um, well, then it's 45 white guys. But, all right, but <laughs> to, to be fair, if you were to look at the people who ran against them in elections... That, uh, uh-huh. uh, actually, because we had the Whig Party, too. Yeah. And the... Yeah, know what, nothing. Are you, what are you trying to say? It was actually probably like 200 white guys. Yeah, it was all but white guys. No, <laughs> no, but their vice presidents... Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, were? They were all white guys. Yeah. And I did this they check. were all... Mother- and I actually did this check for fact, so if you want to go look it up, go ahead and look it up. Yeah, um, I right. will concede... Hillary Clinton did run, and Sarah Palin did run, so yes. there are your two women. Uh, there, was the a, there was... I mean, there, yeah, they're the ones that ran in, like, in the... At the fine, at the end. Yeah. Uh, off of what I said about the the housing discrimination, I just want to throw out one stat here. Okay. Um, that is a modern, uh, statistician from a, the author of The Color of Law, a recent book, by Richard Rothstein. He sounds smart. Yeah, he knows stuff. Okay. So here, the median. Do you know what's a median? Can you t- like a median? Th- in terms of like mean, median, mean. Uh, uh median is mode. the middle. No, Me- median is the average. No, mean is the average. Mean is the average. Median is the like if you, actual like middle. The the 
if you the counted, point in the middle. If you counted all of the individual numbers, the one in the middle is the median. sample is the median. Yeah. So, so I learned it the first time. Go me. Yes, you got it. <laughs> the median white family income is now about sixty thousand, while the median black family income is about thirty-seven thousand, about sixty percent as much. You might expect the ratio of black to white household wealth would be similar, but median white household wealth assets minus li- uh, minus liabilities. Mm-hmm. So your assets, your total right. accumulation minus liabilities is about one hundred thirty-four thousand. One hundred thirty-four thousand. Okay. While median black household wealth is about eleven thousand. Jesus. Less than ten percent as much as the white median that sucks and i realize that's only a black and white stat and there are other there's other groups, races and other yeah but in terms of the disparity of the highest of high measures is white and the lowest of low is black mm-hmm. it sets a pretty clear indicator of and and people who dismiss ideas of white privilege will look at that and just say like hey i mean obviously black people are lazy and i would say you're pretty racist um and then this other stat here Um, In 1989, the most recent year for which such data is available, Mm -hmm. 6% of black households inherited wealth from the previous generation. Of those who inherited wealth, the average inheritance was $42,000. Okay. Okay. Four times as many white households, 24% inherited wealth with an average inheritance of $145,000. That's a lot of money, comparatively. In that year, 18% of black households received cash gifts from their parents who were still living in an average amount of $800. About the same share of white households received such gifts, but the average was about 2800 Jeez. Whose parents are giving them $2,800? I don't know any of them. Not mine. That's what I'm Mom, saying, man. Dad, can you give me $2,800? That'd be fun. Man, just have. these stats are stupid. <laughs> and I, and I, 48% of African-American families at all income levels have lived in poor neighborhoods over the last two generations compared to 7% of white families. This is from 1989. This is from now. Oh, that, this is from now. Yeah, that's a current stat. Damn. So, my, so white privilege exists. Yeah, it exists. But here's the, going back to affirmative action. I mean, basically what that says is if I were a white American... Who didn't know that I would think college affirmative action measures are discriminatory sure if I didn't know the black and brown people were getting shat on for decades history is short like we all went through elementary middle and high right. school education and we were taught history from a white dominant lens right and so we knew Where America the white guy was a good guy all the time yeah and so I didn't learn about the civil rights movement to the depth that I should have. I didn't learn about Malcolm X, right. Nation of Islam, freedom. You don't movements. learn about the other races and cultures that influenced our country, or yeah. or their or their experiences or their stories. You didn't have time to get into Nixon's uh, discrimination of blacks mm-hmm. and Latinos. You didn't get into Reagan and contraband of uh, mm-hmm. across the Contras in Nicaragua, in which the government systematically gave weapons to Nicaragua so that they could smuggle, the rebels could smuggle cocaine and crack into the United States, into black communities to start the crack epidemic. And then subsequently 
invented a war on drugs. So when Reagan introduced the war on drugs... Dare? Dare. Oh, we all had fun with Dare. Your, was I, your officer cool? Because mine was Officer Hart. He drank White Castle coffee, and he was a white guy with a big, bushy mustache. Mine, mine was also a white guy, Chicago PD, um, and his name was... Officer. He called himself Officer Smiley. Isn't that... Fu- Hey, look. Drugs. And Officer Smiley was was pretty cool. Yeah, and that's what they were. They were the heroes coming in to say, hey, kids, right. say no to drugs. Like Nancy Reagan said. I will said. say almost everyone in my class still did drugs anyway. I didn't, but like. <laughs> but. <laughs> I have no, actually I have no idea. I'm um, almost, every, almost everyone in my, because it was so accessible in, in my neighborhood. Okay, right. Yeah. Because <laughs> you grew up in like the Chicago. Yeah, I grew up in Chicago. Right. Proper, yeah. Well. When Reagan introduced the war on drugs, uh, and this is from a book called White Rage mm-hmm. that's out right now. Um, when Reagan introduced the war on drugs, mm-hmm. it was on the tail end of them working out a deal. The government, the U.S. government right. of white guys mm-hmm. working out a deal with Nicaragua, the Contras, and smuggling cocaine into the United States. And the only problem with him introducing the war on drugs, targeting drugs in urban communities, mm-hmm. poor black brown communities was that there was actually no uptick in drug use in fact drug use was down but he knew it was coming so he was like we're just gonna do this so anyway before we close on that i just want to say if we didn't learn about reagan if Mm -hmm. we didn't learn about nixon if we didn't learn about housing discrimination education discrimination healthcare discrimination all recent stuff all of that stuff and we didn't learn about generational wealth gap mm-hmm. and inheritance being passed down systemically repeatedly to people on the white side but not on the color side right you would look at an abby fisher and all of these policies and say wow you know what um black people sure are getting a free pass yeah wow latinos sure are getting something they don't deserve right but i would argue that those people have not deserved many of the things they've gotten in life and it's just one of the small things to give them a shot at a better education right. and for white people who suddenly have to deal with something not being given to them right but something that's just like hey we're going to withhold just a little bit of privilege in uh, in order to have justice and equality right that's what justice and equality feels like but it feels different when it's ha- happening to you, right? When you're and not you, used you, to it, yeah, and you, and you feel attacked, and I get and I get it. Like it's not a it's not a fun feeling to have, but I think, you know, before we close on our dabbling section, I just I just think it's like consistently that's all what we're seeing in culture, uh, pop culture, in um, you know, in political culture. The the idea that really at the end of the day that. You know, people of color and their and their coolness and stuff is only only appreciated when it's done by white people, right? Like, so like if the Kardashians and the Jenners, who I, by the way, saw this week. Oh yeah, I saw your feed. yeah yeah. It was weird. I was like, they're beautiful. It, it was it's kind of striking. Um, but uh, they look good. Like they like they can they can make things that people of color have been doing their whole lives you know, cool and whatever, but, like, they're able to profit off of it because mm-hmm. they're white. Yeah. You know, and so, and I'm thinking about everything else that we've been doing, just thinking about, like, how um, how this country has continued, like, back to what you were saying, like, they, it's there's just this consistent of, like, things have been handed to white folks for, for a minute now, and so why are we 
why why are y'all so oppressed that like person of color can get an education get over your damn selves because people just don't know people just don't know were you saying something about drugs what about drugs? Oh, that uh, Cory Booker is has introduced legislation to mm-hmm. legalize marijuana in the federal level. And I really was hoping that maybe he would run for president. I don't know if he's going to ever win now, but uh, if he ever did. But you know what? I'm interested in seeing what, what plays out of this. And if, if it does become legalized, I would like the many mm. men of color that are in jail in prison because of marijuana distribution Jeez. whatever to be released and their and their records that'd expunged be, that'd be the ultimate hypocrisy yeah like it's already hypocritical that it's because legal. There's, you know how many white people are are making Selling so money? much so much money they are banking on this so stuff. much as long as you get a bank loan and you set up shop and yeah. you put a sign in front if you're a white person, you can make so much money off this. Yeah, but if Colorado, you're a black, California. Right. Being a black Washington, dude, though, no. like, probably a little bit tougher to do that. Yeah. Anyway, anything else you want to add on our dabbling section before we move on? Is that it? I feel like... I mean, we talked about everything. I guess we got it. There's, all, there's a lot of white guys. Oh, wait, 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 wait. We wait, just, wait, no. Stuff... Hey. What? Are you forgetting... See, this is just like people of color like you to forget about the white man. <laughs> Listen, I cannot believe you you're really... in consideration right now. <laughs> okay, can... are you really gonna overlook one of the most important political figures in our modern history? Oh my God, what are you gonna say? Listen, okay, Alex, Anthony if... Scaramucci. <laughs> the Mooch better be on the next Mount Rushmore. <laughs> what? Explain yourself. Maybe only 10 days he was in place. <laughs> 11. I think he was there for 11. I have, I had well, milk that was older than, it, that lasted longer than he did. <laughs> it was a, sh- he burned bright and fierce. <laughs> and he did more in 11 days than probably 45 has <laughs> in six months. But he, so to, to synopsis. they've done it pretty equally, I would so say. Like the mooch. So I step in here and I'll, uh, you know. Did you hear about his wife divorcing him? Yeah. Because he didn't show up for the birth of the child and he was like hey hugs and kisses here's a card no but yes there's that but also she's like she's disgusted with his blind um ambition political ambition and his love for the the president yeah it's got to be pretty disgusting yeah and i could not be with someone that thought like that you know can you imagine birthing a child from someone like that oh it's got to be the ultimate no it's got to be the ultimate like i i i thought about that as i i read that statement i thought man she has got to feel like the worst when that kid is born it's like that was inside (sighs) your 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 uterus god that's so disgusting he um shout out to women like her and people like the ex-wife of of Zimmerman, uh-huh. who woke up enough to say, "Like, okay, I married you when you were different, and now knowing <laughs> and you're now, has changed you're, you. a, you're an asshole." As a, to 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 put it in the mooch terms, he's a paranoiac. Oh my god. <laughs> he's a paranoiac. I've rolled my eyes so many times at this cast that none of no one can see that my eyes are like permanently rolled back. <laughs> um. So to to summarize, I think what we've been saying here is, I, I'm. I was saddened to learn that the white guy, Sean Spicer, left office when he found out that the The white guy, Mooch, stepped in. Mm -hmm. And when the Mooch stepped in, he fired white guy, Reince Priebus. Right, 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 right. And they were going to hire someone else, but they didn't have time because, you know, then 
the white guy John Lin- John Kelly steps in. Right, 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 right. And right. he fires the white guy, Anthony Mooch. Right. So now I'm like, what next white guy is going to step <laughs> in? But it's really the revolving the, door of white guys. Right. And Spicy, like, resigned, but he still had, like, he still was, yeah, he stayed still longer than... Just ridiculous. This is uh, such it's a, but it goes to the point of like, show. look at that cabinet, and it goes back to the Reagans and the and and, and forty five says he admires Reagan and Nixon. He quotes them both, and it's like, wow, okay, so it makes sense that your entire cabinet is made of old white cis straight men who probably are Christian mm-hmm. or would tell you they're Christian, right? Um, Christian by name, probably and, not by action, right? It's all white dominated western u.s men that's just what it is and um there's probably an asian queer woman who could probably do that job just as good but we're gonna probably even better we're not even gonna look at her because we got enough white guys lined up outside that we know from from dinner parties and socials that we're just gonna put in place so before we end on the dabbling section i just wanted to give a heartfelt shout out to someone who brought so much joy to our lives and entertainment for, for 11, 11 days. <laughs> Anthony Scaramucci, you will always be in my heart as one of the... Hey, look. Hey, look. Let's say it here because so many people won't say it. Okay, say it, my brother. In the face of uh-huh. white guys uh-huh. like Steve Bannon yeah, who are just riding the coattails of the president. Right. Anthony Scaramucci came straight out and said, Hey, look. I'm not here to suck my own cock. And I'm not uh-huh. here... To kiss the president's ass for my own good. I was like, excuse me? <laughs> I, I remember think, hearing that and being like, oh God. He's, this you're is the going to be. Communications director. Director. You're going to be Toby Ziegler? You're directing the communication from the. And the first thing you excuse said. Me, you're going to be Toby Ziegler? I believe. <laughs> did you say cocksucking? And ass kissing? Um, I in the moment when he got the nod and said to Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who I'm not a particular fan of, but like her job is her job. Right. Hey, Sarah. First thing I would say is I like the hair and makeup person we had on Tuesday. We're gonna stick with them. Okay, you know what? Let's just grab everyone by the pussies. Right. And just, hey, women, if you could wear your heels a little inch higher. Right. And and just talk in a little higher pitch like this. That would be really great for us as white, short men with Very ego tiny, problems tiny and our minds focused on our penises. They're tiny penises. Tiny penises. Like, um, like micro penises. He and 45 are the only men I know that mm. I've heard of who've referred to their genitals uh, uh, at a podium. So, yeah, you know, we got a real class act in the White House right now. So let's get, the, <laughs> let's get on with it. Jesus. Anywho. Well, thanks, Mooch, for the 11 days. It's been great. I was just mostly sad that SNL wasn't on because I was really... I'm sure they'll bring it. uh, They'll bring something fun out of it. I I really feel like our late night commentary... They're all been doing great. They've been great, but I feel like they're overworked. Yeah, because it's literally one thing after another. They're all on Twitter. They can't not be on Twitter. Yeah, it's a part of their job. We need to... For the sake of our writers... And our actors. Everyone needs to pause. Everyone needs to chill out at the White House. Yeah. Just, on Pennsylvania Avenue, I need you to chill. Everyone take a vacation. Everybody. Because everybody. S- Steven's got more gray hairs. Right. Jimmy and Jimmy have more gray yeah. hairs. Seth, you know. Even like, I see a little bit on Trevor. Yeah. Like, just, like 
it's but too Trevor's much. Cute. It's he's well cute always. On him. They're all yeah. cute. So I, I just really uh, hat goes out of my my heart and uh, the tip of the hat I should say to the people working late night shows and the writers who are putting all these ridiculous things into context. Yeah. Thank you for shaping uh, our interpretations of these <laughs> across the American landscape. Ugh. Anyway. Let's 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 end it there. Yeah, let's end it there because white privilege exists and we gotta fight it. Yeah. Power to the people. Power to the people. All right, all right, all right. Time for our dribbling section. I'm very excited about this. Yeah. Because I found out. Yeah. From a friend of ours, a mutual friend of ours, who. So I was going through my Instagram as I do all the time anyway. Mm-hmm. I was going through it, and I saw a picture of Beyonce wearing, um, like, a leotard uh, bathing suit kind of situation uh, with, it says Houston on it, like, red Houston. I'm like, and I looked at him like, she's gorgeous. I kept on going. She's from Houston. She's from Houston. It's, it's I've seen a picture like that before. Yeah. It's not, like, overly concerning. I was just like, cool, whatever. Kept on moving. Then a friend of ours messaged me and was like, oh, my God, did you see this? And it was something from, I think, The Shade Room or, some, or something. Yeah, I think it was from The Shade Room. And it was like Beyonce's thinking about buying some some steak, some some uh, some shares. Some sirloin? Some, oh, I some, see. Some shares of the Houston Rockets. Because recently the Houston Rockets owner has put the team up for sale. Yes. And so yeah. as a woman who loves Beyonce, I'm all, I'm all for this. What do you think she would do for the team? Um, I think she'll bring fans to basketball, mm-hmm. um, which I'm, I'm all about. I think, you know, there's there's females, girls like me, who women like me who enjoy basketball because it's it was very much a part of us growing up or whatever. Um, and I think her, she has such a huge fan base. The Houston Rockets may get a whole ton of fans just because of this. With, like women specifically, I think would just be like, "Hey, if Beyonce signs off on." If Beyonce signs up. I'll tell you what, they might even get some fans on their roster. <laughs> I mean, in the terms of like free agents next year. Yeah. Could actually get some like actual players. Yeah. Some good. I mean, they have good players now. But yeah. Even better. Yeah. So I mean, I just don't know how it would work with Jay's like sports management company. Mm-hmm. You know his. Uh, He's doing, like, sports agency, right? He has, yeah. like, an agency company mm-hmm. like that. So, I don't know, like, I don't think it matters because Parkwood is different from um, from Jay's company. I think they both have separate, like, obviously separate situations. Mm-hmm. But, uh, no, I'm down. I really love the fact that there's a woman interested in a sports team. I can't think of any others. Are there any others? I was, my mind went to Oprah, and I know she doesn't have any allegiances or investments but I'm thinking like man she should I feel like Oprah should own why didn't you own a part of the Chicago Bulls you used to you used to record her show like Uh blocks away from the United Center you seem to have a lot of feelings about that so I mean I would would email or like DM her just like ask her like what's what's the deal what's this Oprah also if you want to like pay off my student loans or you know I mean or you could just you know beg in general (laughs) just ask for like if you want to just give me like a million dollars so I can not be in debt with student loans. Uh. Fair enough. Fair enough. What I think also, um, hopefully, this would bring is uh, new and more exciting uniforms. I'm thinking tighter, more bedazzled. Bedazzled. Like, very similar to her leotard? Yeah. 
I'm thinking something a little shinier. Um, hopefully. But, uh, no, Miss Knowles is, like, Queen Bee. We all know. Well, I mean, there's the Buss family, like, Jeannie Buss. She, is she president, though? She's not an owner. No, she's the owner. Jeannie? Uh, Jeannie Buss is the owner, isn't she, of the Lakers? She is. Yes. So, so there are other female owners. Yeah, but she, uh, oh, I want to be careful. I, uh, think she comes into it, yes, from a place of love and a place of She inherited it. Care. Yeah. She, it. she got that. it from her dad. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she she still loves the organization, but she she kind of was birthed into it. Right. And I mean, she's made some smart decisions with hiring back, um, well, hiring... Um, firing, Magic, then hiring. Yeah, firing, then hiring Magic Johnson. Mm-hmm. Well, not firing Magic Firing Johnson. her brother. Firing her brother, hiring Magic Johnson, and Magic Johnson making some plays here and there to... I mean, this Lake, twenty this 2017-2018 Lakers is looks interesting. Yeah, it looks promising yeah. to a degree, but I would say the 2018 Lakers look even more interesting. And so because LeBron's going to go to the Lakers. Well, so people are chatting about the next super team being yeah. the Super Friends: LeBron, CP3, Melo, and D Wade, the Banana Boat Crew. Can I just say I, I want to party with all of them? I feel like it would be a really good time. That's the it understatement would, of the year. It's like it would just be stupid fun. Yeah. With all of their beautiful wives, Mm -hmm. it's just like too many. Oh yeah, they're all really pretty. They're all really beautiful, like striking features, and just you know what's interesting. And you know what's interesting about that? What? They're all black women. Yeah. That's something. That's not nothing. That's like because you're right. Because you know they could. I mean, we we could go. You see Paul George's girlfriend? You see Paul George's girlfriend? I did not. She was on the. You look her up on Instagram. Oh, God. Look at Paul George's Instagram. Oh, wait, yes, I did see it. I did see it. I am mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. And she's, she's something. I saw it and I was just like, who's that Who's that girl next to him? Yeah. And she's 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 cute. But uh, it's interesting that um, that all four men are, are married to black women. Like, phenotypically black. Genotypically black as well. And I think... And I think many of them are darker skinned black women too. They are. I mean, Lala's Which, the lightest, but and she's not. And she's a decent yeah. complexion. She's probably my complexion. Yeah, I think she's probably. Your and complexion. she's. Um, but they're saying that the Lakers could get all four of them, or Houston could get all four of them. It's potential. It would mean. Ooh, Dwayne, Beyonce. Mean, Dwayne, Do you hear that? Just, yeah, I'm telling no, Beyonce she, she heard those ready. things. Yeah, yeah. Get, they better get in formation. <laughs> she, the Dwayne Wade would have to take the league minimum, veteran minimum, in order for Melo, LeBron, and CP3 to fit on a roster. Talk about going out big in your senior year. I mean, look, Dwayne's 36. You might as well, at the age of 37, yeah. 38, yeah. go play with your friends. Yeah, and have some fun. fun with it. Yeah, you're already making more money than you probably should be making in Chicago, but yes, that's you know, true. take your money and then go play with your friends. That's true. CP3 and Melo and LeBron have been very smart to line up their contracts the way they have. Yeah. Two of them with no trade clauses. Right. The other one taking a one year yeah. and like really playing this out. It'll be interesting to see. Speaking of jer- uh, of, mm-hmm. of the Bulls. Yeah. You want to talk about the jerseys? Well, yeah. The jerseys we mentioned on the last podcast. Mm-hmm. New vendor. Nike's making all the jerseys. I will say it, it was really weird to see the Nike swoosh. The swoosh on, on the, the, mm-hmm. the Bulls red jersey. I mean, is it really that distracting? It's not distracting. It was just like, 
it was just one of those like wait that's not what's that's not supposed to be there normally it's nothing yeah normally it's nothing right. and so it's like you know that's a little jarring the close-ups on those jerseys though look super lightweight yeah breathable well, the, flexible. The Bulls jersey doesn't have like the the unique collar, like right. the, which because you know don't f with what is good. Oh yeah, it's too classic. Like, do not but, touch if they ever. Did you see the the back of the arm holes? No. I mean, the one tweak they made. You know how it's got the I don't know what you call it the trim around. Yeah, there's the a edges. there's a trim on yeah. The trim stops right past the shoulder at uh-huh. the top and then it just it just goes away and then it's white jersey or the rest of the jersey material oh, okay so they cut it off this is the chicago Ar- bulls mm-hmm. red jersey they cut it off like mid shoulder uh mid deltoid uh-huh. just arbitrarily right there uh-huh. so it's kind of introducing the idea that this trim might go away so no, look that's... for that on the horizon nope nope no listen you're a far cry from the unstoppables you know what? You don't know my influence. It's going to be a while. You don't know my influence, gonna, dude. You don't that, know who I know. You know what else is cool, though? What? I noticed this, too, on the close-ups of that jersey, is that, you know the gold tag they put at the top of yeah. the back of the collar? It indicates that you had, your team franchise has won a championship in the yeah. past. Nike said, yeah, we're actually going to make, it's kind of like a goldenrod bright yeah. kind of yellow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more like Laker yellow yeah. on all the jerseys in the league for anyone who's won a championship. So even right. if you're like the Bulls or the, the Trailblazers or whatever, mm-hmm. you have this bright yellow tag on the back. Right. Nike made it metallic gold. Yeah, I and did well, notice that because the Bulls had the six on it. And it's it got a six in it. So yeah. now it puts the number of championships you've won also yeah. on that tag. I thought that was pretty cool. I, I did like that. The one thing... Uh, I'll say about it. But they're wearing red at home. The Bulls are wearing red this year. Yeah, so not, that rule isn't there where you have to wear white at home. Yeah. You, how do you feel about that? They're, that's your team. That is my team. And I will say, I'm cool with it. I, I have yeah. red jerseys. I think I only have red jerseys. It's a good look. It's, it's we're the Chicago Bulls. Yeah. And you when you when you say Chicago Bulls, you see the, you see the bull, you see the, mm-hmm. you know, it's very prominent. I love living in New York because... I walk outside every day, and at least I see five people with a Bulls jersey or a Bulls hat on. No bull. And, yeah. And it's like, it makes me feel at home. Yeah, they've... So... Yeah, Jordan and Pippen branded that thing Like, very well. well. Very, very well. Um, I'm just glad that the pinstripe isn't coming back. Remember the pinstripe uh, jerseys? That was an ugly That experiment. was not cute. That, that was, was not a cute It thing. was a decent attempt... But never again. Yeah. Um, another team made a made a move, and this is starting to become a thing. Okay. Starting to become a thing, uh, if I can say that. The Denver Nuggets. What do they do? Signed. They signed what is, I guess, being nicknamed a patch deal. Oh God. And that just means that Western Union uh, is approved to have their patch on the Denver Nuggets jerseys. I wish you all can see my face. Yeah, it doesn't look great. Okay, wow. I mean, most days it's fine, but it's <laughs> what you just did specifically right then. I just want everyone to know that uh, Alex just insulted my face. That's rude. Um, no, that is just, that's gross. It lo- well, So it's going to look like the WNBA jerseys. Well, no. With all of the freaking. No, no. It looks, that's. That so- looks like a, that, mm, the WNBA jerseys look like 
of flea market wholesale advertising. Yeah, it looks it looks like everything just threw up on their jersey. Right. I think the NBA is being a little more tactful to say like it's going to be confined to America. Because it makes more money, and because they're men, because they have penises. Well, yeah, but God determined that, and He said that's how it was going to be. Right. Because men are more superior. Well, obviously, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not even worth mentioning. I. I mean, leaders are men. Like, yeah, we all right. know this. And if and they so, were white, they would be even better. Well, that's next to godliness. Right, right. Cleanliness is a close second. Right, 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 right. right but right, I mean, right. these guys, <laughs> so these patch deals make sense for a league that's ever growing and trying to make more money. And uh, it, it, I think like, it's, it's so I think, ugly. Here's the Western Union logo is so not. Do you cute. know what other countries do that? Every other country. We're the only league that doesn't have. Uh, sponsorship in that way except but in the United States you've got football and hockey and baseball who don't do it yeah I think the NBA is going to be the first of several leagues that go this route we're going to be make. I mean look what you're like, getting I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to buy a jersey with all that on there well yeah you will no I wouldn't that's all the jerseys you're going to be able to buy no I'd be a, I'm too much of a purist I'm not going to buy any more jerseys all the jerseys I have I have now I have to get a Dunkin' one, though. And that's your business. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> um, I can't argue with that. But I, I would say for the next generations of fans coming up... They're not going to know any better. They won't know any better. And that the league is going to be... And the league is what? They're losing nothing on this. They just make money off these sponsors. And then the NFL, the MLB, the NHL will look at this and say, like, you know, people are still buying their jerseys. And they're making a lot of money off these corporations. We might as well do it. Basically, it's capital. It's greed. It's greed. It's capitalism. Yeah, of course. Well, and everything makes me sad. I also don't know the budget lines for Adam Silver's. Uh, that's yeah. I don't know the budget lines for what they have. Right. And so I wonder what their finances look like. I doubt anything's in the red. But uh, Oh, I doubt that too. But yeah, if you're making that much money, you might as well make more money. And if it goes into the pockets of your players... And your owners, right. and maybe you can have some deals for fans, and you can increase just like the overall fandom and experience by right. putting that little patch on your jersey. Mm-hmm. That's fine. And hey, if Western Union is a great service that I'm not taking advantage of, well, maybe I should look into that. No. It's a win-win. Your face looks skeptical, but no, my face I... is all win-win. All I see is glass totally full. I see it sad. I just like I just like the cleanness of a clean jersey with It can still be clean, just wash it. You know what I mean when I say clean. You mean visually just visually just like it looks you so know much what? cleaner. You know what? You I know? think it's I mean, look at all those NASCARs. If those NASCARs go I don't watch NASCAR because it's it's too much going on. And there's a lot of Confederate flags in the stands. Yeah, Is that's that a problem. <laughs> Well, it's if, not really made if, for me. I'm so it's not targeted to I'm me. I'm so used to looking at those cars with all their patches on it, and it's like, well, the car is still flying at 120 miles an hour, you know, and it's going around the track. It's still the black car number three. Right. I get what it is. I don't care that it says whatever McDonald's <laughs> logo on there. Look, if LeBron James is still going to be dunking at the rate he's dunking, right? I don't really care who's supporting the Cleveland Cavaliers. I guess. I at first I really was adamant and ambivalent uh-huh. about the whole thing now i've really resigned myself to the idea that like what do i expect i mean i i know it's like like i it was inevitable that this is going to happen but it just makes me 
Uh, I just hate that we're so greedy. But speaking of the Cavaliers, mm-hmm. I sent you a video recently of a wedding. Oh, yes, you did. And it was a wedding of, oh, what's his face? Harry Barnes. Harry Barnes. Harrison Barnes of, well, he's retired now, right? No, he's not. I'm going to tell him you said that. He's not retired. He's on the Dallas Mavericks. That's right. I just forgot he's that. He's arguably their star player now. The Mavericks? All right, look, Dirk is not, <laughs> he's not the numbers guy he once was. Right, you're right. But he was uh, was recently um, shooting threes with um, uh, Porzingis and they're just dunking them. Like, Oh, I'll tell you about that in a little bit. And that'll be in my dope person. Oh, nice. I'll let Very, you know. Very nice. But yes, the, so yes Harrison, Harrison Barnes, Barnes got married um, recently, I think earlier this month. Yeah. And... Lots Congratulations! Of it. That's yeah, awesome. super super excited for him. Um, marriage seems people say it's cool, so that's cool that you. People did are it. saying that. I mean, some people who like it. So oh, other okay. people are like, "Don't do it." I've definitely had someone told me this week, like, "Don't get married." I was like, "Okay." Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, thank you for um, the unsolicited advice that mm. I didn't really need. It's good to uh, be aware. It's good to be aware. It's good to know your choices. Um, so it was Harrison Barnes' wedding. Uh, lots of NBA players were there. Uh, loads mm. and loads of NBA players were there. Um, and uh, there clearly there was a dance floor and people were dancing. And What do you mean clearly there was a dance floor? Because it's a wedding. At the reception, people dance. Okay. When you have lots of people of color coming together after a wedding, okay, they dance. Okay, there it is. There it is. <laughs> they you dance. were so racist. <laughs> am I racist or am I just telling the truth of what I know? Let's I... all these black guys in a room. <laughs> It's just, it doesn't matter what it is. It could be a, a bar mitzvah in, in Long Island. And it's like, wait, how many NBA Why players are Why did they have to coming? be a bar mitzvah in Long Island? You're racist. You think all, everyone in Long, Long Island is Jewish? I actually don't know. It is, actually, it is actually, yes, there are a lot of Oh, okay. Jews. That was a reasonably good guess, though. <laughs> that, was, that was a good guess. They come from the East. Um, they, uh, yeah, no, that that's fair. There was a dance floor. A lot of guys were there. They yeah. had a good time. Good time. I mean, as one does, like, we've been to a couple of weddings, and we've had a good time on the dance floor. You know? Mm-hmm. That's, oh, it's, yeah. It's, it's one just... of my favorite places to be. Yeah. Besides bed, <laughs> in front of my refrigerator, and uh, I would say dance floor is third. Not, not your studio? I mean, the studio is also important, but like... But that's like work. My, Yeah, that's like... Creative work. That's, I'm, I'm doing work, and I'm also half of the time going to my fridge, because they're in the same oh, right. space, sort of. So... Okay. It's probably not healthy. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm like, I don't think... I try not to show it. <laughs> <laughs> One grape at a time. Brush okay. stroke. Great. But anyway, the dance floor is, is a great place it's, to be. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of any dance floor. They look like they were having fun. And they're, so they were having a lot of fun. And so uh, there was a video that was posted by some friend like that isn't a basketball player, but is in like, the basketball circles, mm-hmm. um, posted a picture, a, a video of Steph Curry mm-hmm. um, dancing as though he was mimicking slash making fun of, you know, the workout dance move videos that LeBron does sometimes where he's like shirtless and he has the headphones on and he's just like I wish I could I wish there was a video I'm watching to- <laughs> yeah you're you're 
Bri's doing a lot with her arms right now. There's some curls. There's 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 a lot of face action happening. Some crumping almost. <laughs> yeah, like it's very hard and like very shouldery. It's very a, like yeah. pec, like lots of pecs and shoulder. Mm-hmm. You know, which I mean, I'm not mad about when I see shirtless men doing things like that. Like it's yeah. very it's very pleasing to my eyes. Um, if you could put multiple likes on a picture, you would. I would. I would. Yeah. I would like it. I would love it. I would laugh at it. Mm -hmm. You know, like, because there's multiple things I could do. There's lots of, because feelings. Uh, I know you don't know what that is, but we can, we can. People keep talking about these things, feelings. (laughs) I still don't understand. So anyway, so uh, Steph is, Steph is, you know, doing his dance thing. And people are laughing because everyone knows that he's mocking slash imitating. Does everyone know? Yes. Everyone knew. The way that people were egging him on. Mm -hmm. He just beat this dude. Yeah. And he's mocking him. Kyrie's right there behind him. Oh, Kyrie's right there laughing along. Yeah, he's laughing along. Here's the deal. I'm gonna Go take ahead. I'm gonna take the other side of this. Oh good Jesus. You're such a contrarian. Go ahead, continue. The video This man who's ever maneuvering the yeah. the video. It's not the best video. It's, it's very not shaky. stable. It's, it's not, not stable. stable. You know what he's on the question. dance floor. He's a ma- he's a black man and right, on the dance floor right. wanted to get his get his groove on. Right, you are, right. and so as such, as a reliable cameraman, he is not. He is not. No. And so this video is going from Steph to reactions to Steph. In fact, you when you sent me the video, it was like, look at Kyrie. I had to watch it three times before yeah, I saw it took Kyrie. Yeah, se- it took me a second. Yeah, because you know you know the petty basketball fans out there like watched that a million times and yeah. like knew exactly where Kyrie was paused it like did what they had to do mm-hmm. to like cuz that's yeah. what I did people did some <laughs> yeah they did some some engineering with it right but i mean like it's that's how short Kyrie was in this video and to yeah, the point where you only part. saw him smile you were seeing him smile and laugh in the direction of Steph, Steph Curry. Curry he's having a good time with Steph Curry who's dancing on the dance floor because Steph Curry is dancing in a very Silly manner. It's very silly. Someone call, and that's his personality. Steph Curry is very silly, mm-hmm. and uh, Chef as, and Curry, Chef Curry with the pot boy, mm-hmm. and he uh, is doing things out there at liberty and not afraid to make a fool of himself. Sure. So one could say he's laughing at how comfortable Steph seems to be. Right. It could be argued and reasoned he's mocking LeBron because he's doing these arm curls mm-hmm. and these shoulder movements and just looks like he's aggressively going out on the dance floor in this athletic fashion that we have LeBron is not the only person who's ever done those movements mm-hmm. it could have been incorporated from any type of cultural dance that has been seen elsewhere but I it's see why faces. you were reasoning that. No, it was I the face. I see fa- why you're reasoning. But he, the faces that Steph made are the faces that LeBron makes. <laughs> yeah, sure enough. <laughs> Steph Curry came out and made a statement. He did? Yeah, he said I was not mocking LeBron. Yeah, right. I know. You're, you're... Hey, look. You're a lying piece of shit. Hey, look. <laughs> <laughs> you are a liar. <laughs> Bri is not believing. Absolutely not. In the Because you have to think, like, there was... Like, his teammates were there. Other NBA players were there. They were all... It was very clear. You know how, like, when... So, you know when, like, a song by Beyonce comes on? Mm. And sometimes I kind of get into my Beyonce yeah. mode and, like, mm. I black out. Single like, ladies I, just... I black out and Beyonce comes out. And, like, everyone sometimes, because of how I am dancing, mm-hmm. looks at me. 
and mm-hmm. eggs me on. Yeah. Right? Most of the time it's because I'm dancing pretty okay. Like I'm, I'm not making yeah, you're a total, a good dancer. I'm not I'm making a total fool of myself. Yeah, you're a very good dancer. Right? And so like that eggs you on, that you can you continue on. What was happening with Steph, he was clearly in the middle, like doing mm-hmm. something that he has done clearly before. Probably in the locker room after they won their championship. <laughs> and everyone was like egging him on and cheering him on. You know, so you know what's you know who the winner in this is? Who? LeBron James. Why? Continue. He did not respond to anything. No, he didn't. And he doesn't have to because everybody knows. He's saying, look, you're at Harrison Barnes' wedding. Mm-hmm. Y'all are there having a good time. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking about me. You know, you're y'all, right. y'all, He is absolutely thinking that. Y- this is your guy's celebration day. Right. Y'all and you're talking championship. about me. And you think about me. And, oh, you're right. And you won a championship. I you had your right. parade. And Draymond Green went up there and talked about okay. and talked about me. <laughs> hey, you know what? I can't. I really hate to say this, but you're right. I am omnipresent. I am LeBron All right. James. He's not God. He can. He's several he's seats. everywhere. He's everywhere. He's in his okay. When he does Space Jam too, then you'll really see. You know what? That's not funny. Why you gotta bring that mm. up? It's a sore spot for you. Yeah, absolutely. But it's coming. If it ain't broken, don't I, fix it. I need you to get ready for it. In the same way that we knew these patches were coming on these jerseys, I need you to be ready when the thing graces the silver screen. Um, Are you going to go watch it? Of course I'm going to watch it. I don't know if I can be a friend I mean, gosh, <laughs> I'll probably see it five times in a day. Why would you <laughs> do that? I buy tickets every other hour. <sighs> Can't wait to see the different things that have. Who's going to be the new Muggsy Bogues? Who's going to be the new Larry Johnson? Who will be the Patrick Ewing? It'll be the same storyline, just different people. I just want to know who's going to be the new new. You think you think LeBron's going to go play baseball and oh, come back? No, 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 no. It's going to be a different kind of. Uh, it is plot about him like leaving Cleveland and going to Miami. Mm, he would do that. He no, I know he that. would do that. He'd be like, I, love- I talked about. I talked about it in our first class how if he did that, you better give me credit because I gave you a storyline. Oh yeah, line. yeah, yeah. Well. Um, Just saying. We'll, we'll document it here. We'll patent it. <laughs> and we'll and, let him uh, know. <laughs> yeah. Like, why not? He, he Maybe maybe he's on a movie set and just doing a movie like Trainwreck 2 or right, something. Right, 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 right. And it's like, okay, hey, LeBron, great work on set today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Roger. Like, we'll see you tomorrow. I was like, great. I'm going to go to my trailer, get some rest. Goes to the trailer and Bugs Bunny there's some the aliens or like, yeah, Bugs Bunny. And they're like, LeBron. We need you. This bull guy, he came in and did some okay work, but he left us 20 years ago. Why? Uh, well, whatever. Speaking, speaking of. Yes. Speaking of my, my dude, MJ. MJ. Mm-hmm. He had some fighting words for another bald dude. Yeah. LeVar Ball? Yeah. I don't even know the full context of this. Tell so me he, about this. So he's at a camp. Did I send this to you? Um, I've been seeing snippets. I don't think you sent it to me. No. So um, he was at a... a like a basketball camp or something that he's doing. I, it, it was in the context with young people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, young, probably teenagers. Youths. The youths. Whippersnappers. The youths. Um, and someone asked him, it was like a question and answer. And mm-hmm. someone asked him a question about, I think someone asked him a question about like, could you beat LeVar Ball in a game on one-on-one? And he basically said, I don't know, like this guy like, I guess played in college. 
LeVar? Yeah. So, no, Mike is saying this. Like, oh, okay. that, yeah, oh, LeVar, oh, like, oh. guess he played in college and averaged, like, two points or something. Like, it was just something, like, right. whatever. And then he goes, I can beat him with one leg. Like, yeah. and I was just like, nice. this dude, my dude. And then he also talked about um, how five is better than three. Oh, yeah. In comparison this. to Kobe and LeBron, <sighs> as far as the greatest player. Arguing the point of like, oh, are you only a great player if you've only won championships? Like, you oh, know. God. So I don't know. It's just I mean, then there's also commentary about uh, oh, I forgot who said this, but about like you know you could win championships, but you can't be a great player. Wait, some yes, yeah, a lot of I don't know who said, said it, but many people said it. And like it's true, you can win all the championships of the world, but like yeah, doesn't mean you're a great player. player. You know who has you. What's his face? You, the guy you were talking about last, last, uh, Robert cast. Ory? No, it wasn't Robert Ory. Somebody else. Last, last week, who were you talking about? Uh, who said that quote? No, oh. no. The person who, like, has won all, like, he, his career, like, he maybe played one or two minutes, but, like, in, but he's oh. had all these. Yeah, uh, James Jones. Yeah, James Jones. James, James Jones has three chips with LeBron James. Yeah. He's played one minute. Yeah. Like, again. In all of the games. <laughs> Mark Madsen. You remember Mark Madsen? I do not. Yeah, you shouldn't. He <laughs> was that white guy who danced funny at the parades after Kobe and Shaq won. Oh. Those, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. He has as many rings as LeBron. And he's not the greatest. Robert Ory has seven rings. Yeah. Is Robert Ory a Hall of Famer? Nah. This idea that Michael Jordan is perpetuating about five and three. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, sir. That's dumb. That's just a bad argument. It is, and but I think it's going back to like what we talked about. Like it's our fault that we are we are ma- are making people like KD go to a Golden State because he can win a ring, so he's not etched yeah, in time, so etched in time as this great player that never won a ring. Let's all right, yeah. Let's compare Mark Matson to Allen Iverson, who yeah. has no rings. Yeah, let's great. not do that. Yeah, that's cute. Yeah. I mean, like, Reggie Miller sucked because he has no rings because everybody knows yeah. Derek Fisher is better than Reggie Miller. Nope. What kind of conversation is this? That's not a conversation. I need Michael That's Jordan to be smarter about this. I mean, no, no, no. He knows. Oh, he I knows. need you to be less egotistical about this. I mean, every time have he, you met the man? <laughs> he, every time he does this, it's a slight to LeBron James because of the kind of culture LeBron James brought into the league. I think it makes Michael a little uncomfortable. Yes, he doesn't like... Kobe came in under the tutelage and uh, mentorship of the old guard. Yep, absolutely. Kobe wanted to continue Michael. Right. That whole generation, Kobe And he did in a lot of ways. He did. Same playing style, same kind of like killer mentality. When I go on the court, we're not friends. Yeah. LeBron James came in with this mindset of a mixture of Kobe... Iverson, right, uh, and it really a little bit of magic, but like he was his own thing. Yeah, he was able to. He had the other IQs and emotional intelligence that sometimes I, I think the the league lacked, and mm. in their from their leaders, because you you had a Michael, but you needed a Scotty to balance him, right? You need you need these balances. So anyway, I mean, when, yeah. When I think about LeBron's eight trips to the finals yeah man when i think about the eight times that he his played body in the finals, went through all of that he lost in the finals five times Ugh. think about the teams he played on 
Think about the Cleveland team that went to the finals. I know, the first one. The first one. Ooh. Think about the the teams he's had to go up against. Yeah. And if I And mean, you and you need all of those like great players to beat a LeBron James. Kobe taking nothing away from Kobe's championships, but Kobe went up against an okay Indiana yeah. Pacers team. Yeah. In okay, uh, led by superstar Allen Iverson, 76ers team. Yeah. And a formidable Eastern Conference New Jersey Nets. Yeah. With, in tandem with, a 380-pound, 7-foot-1 Shaquille O'Neal, 30 points a game, 15 rebounds. Jesus, he's so big. So you're going to go, yeah, all right. I mean, I guess Kobe could have won those without Shaq, but, like, we'll never know. Yeah. And he did win one, win one without. And he Shaq. won two, no, but wait, he right. lost one of those to the Boston Celtics, mm. who had KG, Paul Pierce, and Ray. Yeah, Allen. that's true. So my thing is like, okay, LeBron or Michael, you had a He's decent perpetuating team, it. but yeah. you you like the way that I don't know. Michael needs to quit with that nonsense. But I mean, there are people who who think that too. So yeah, yeah. it doesn't make them right. And we still don't know anything really. What's going on with Kyrie? Um, I'm hearing he's not returning calls from the cat to the Cavs and things of that nature. No, he's so. not. So I mean, Damian Lillard put out a statement recently. He what said, did he say? by Damian Lillard's measure, the point guard for the Portland Trailblazers, he says that all the players in the league respect Kyrie's request for a trade. Yeah, it, yeah. They recognize this dude is fire, and everyone, everyone. Every analyst, everyone who's played with him, everyone who it's against him, they're like he sh- he needs to be a franchise player. It's time. We'll see, man. It's still well. Who knows what's gonna happen? In the I next think. Two weeks. I think he ends up on none of the teams we've been predicting. What if he goes to the Bulls? He could go anywhere. I would poop my pants. Don't let me be around for that. <laughs> You're so <laughs> insulted me twice. You literally shit your pants. <laughs> if you, it's like it's like Charlotte's Web. If it's half as good as you think it is. <laughs> it's, uh, anything else for our dribbling section? Like, no, no. I think that's I think it. It's good. There's a, we we did a lot last week, so yeah. we covered it. Man, what what a league. Let's let it be October already. I'm so excited. I'm ready for it. Let's do dope people. Let's do the dopes. All right, it's time for our dope person of the week. Love it. Um, so I am going to give my dope person award to the baddest bitch in the game, in my opinion, in the congressional game. That can be only one person. It's only one person on team Maxine Waters. Mm. Reclaiming my time. Yes. Um. So couple of things i think it's important for us to know who maxine is um because i think she's you know i think the millennial generation or the culture the culture right now is starting to be like who's maxine waters like she's been she's been here for a minute because she is very snappy and witty with her words and you're like who is this who's this feisty black woman sharp tongue sharp tongue madam um but she's been doing this government thing 
for a long ass time. <laughs> she has been a federal employee. Right. She's for been a while. and she's been an elected federal employee. That's for hard a while. to do. And yes. So like let's let's call it what it is. Right. Um so, so obviously she's an American politician. She serves as a US representative for the California 43rd Congressional District. Um, which previously was like the 35th and the 29th district or something of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, she's part of the Democratic Party, and she is the most senior of the 12 black women currently serving in the United States Congress. That's a big deal. That's huge. She's an important figure. That's like, it's wild to me. Um, and the fact that we only have 12 black women in I mean, Congress makes me well, very sad. And but... there are hundreds of people in Congress. We should, right. This is the representatives. These are, yeah, yes. So that's... Isn't it like 500? It's something obnoxious. Anyway, it's a lot. But did she do anything like... Interesting? Especially noteworthy recently? Um, just just a little bit more about her. Oh yeah, please. Just uh, So she actually uh, is the fifth out of 13 children. Um, and she was... What? Yeah. Is that legal? Well, my dad's one of 13 children. I guess that's fine. But that was in a... He was born in another country, though. He Well, she was born in Missouri. So, just so you know, she was born in Missouri. We are of this country, yes. So, and you are of the same country. Yes, I am of that elk. <laughs> um, she actually... her She was raised by her single mother once her father left the family when Maxine was, I believe, two years old. So, I, I'm assuming the 13... Like, the 13 altogether maybe from another person maybe i don't know i don't know how gen i don't know how it all works anyway whatever that that sounds like a whole 23 and me sort of right there's there's a lot going on there um she graduated from vashon high school in st louis do you know vashon vashon yeah she graduated from that high school they beat us in basketball for the state championship so basically maxine Mm. waters beat you in basketball for that state championship (laughs) i want to reclaim my time (laughs) um and she moved to california when she was in 1961 um, so I think she was like in her early 20s when that happened. Um, so recently, um, Maxine was, hold on, let me make sure I get this right. Um, there was a, uh, the, the Treasury Secretary, um, not Alexander Hamilton, another Treasury, our current Treasury Secretary, um, Stephen Mnuchin. Uh, was testifying before the committee about the state of international finance system. Um, and so... Is that still a thing? Apparently. And uh, so the committee, uh, so being the committee's ranking Democrat, uh, Maxine had some questions. Um, and the question was why his office didn't respond to a letter from her and her group of other Democrats uh, friends of why of the president of president 45 45's financial ties to russia and this is that still a thing it's still a thing bro. oh okay it is still a thing and so what's cool what what maxine did is like i've been doing this politician thing for a minute so i know how to work the government and how how Robert's rules of order work and all these different like i know how to do all these oh, things i love robbie's rules yeah so um and so Sir Newton or Mnuchin, whatever his name is, Stephen, he goes, you know, thank you for your question. I'm here to, you know, I just want to say, you know, I'm, I so appreciate what you are doing, Congresswoman, for California and all the work you have done and all these, all this time. And Maxine was just not having it. 
she was just like, and every time he would continue to compliment her, she just said, I reclaim my time, I reclaim my time. That's all she said, reclaim my time, reclaim my time. And uh, when she finally was able to get her time reclaimed, um, she was like, you don't need to, like, thank you for your compliments, but that's not why we're here. Don't waste my time Mm. by telling me of the work that I've done, which I know very clearly. She was basically like, I know my resume. I'm aware of it. You don't need to compliment me on that. I'm asking you a question, boo. Answer it. Um, So, of course, this became a meme. It was all over the internet. Yes, it was. And specifically... Um, there is a um, there is a young gospel like young singer, uh, Michael Kilgore or Kilgore. Okay. Um, um, he did a gospel mix to um, this reclaiming my time. He and it's beautiful. I suggest you all watch it. He's also my dope person. Um, I he's also, my, <laughs> he's dope also person. my dope person because because it is super duper good. Um, but yeah, so oh, that was my ring that just flew out of the way. Um, but yeah, so Maxine, thank you for genuinely thank you for what you're doing. Um, I personally want to say I want to rec- anytime someone wastes my time, I'm just gonna exclaim, <laughs> reclaiming my time. I, I would even like tattoo it on myself because how many times Where would has you get that done? I don't know, my arm, my hand, like, so I can, so I can just go like this, just on uh, my on my palm <laughs> and just like. Talk to the hand. <laughs> Stop. Well, I mean, so many people were saying like there was lots of memes of like her saying it and just being like every like every woman in every meeting like mm, you yeah. know like saying to the guy who's taking credit for their work reclaiming my time you know just like I don't know she's she's awesome I'm grateful for having Absolutely. for her fighting as much as she's been a huge she was against the Iraq War she's been against forty five very openly she's called him a basically a cartoon of a man um so she's my dope person she's she's pretty dope and if you don't know her now you know her if you don't know now you know yeah so who's your dope person dude my dope person this week yes it's hard to compete with maxine no it is she's a, i mean she's she's up there she's a pinnacle player she's a real mvp ain't she i chose someone who's a who's overseas right now doing some work at home okay actually and uh he brought a bunch of nba talent with him okay uh the this is the 15th annual okay basketball without borders camp. Ooh. okay it is taking place in johannesburg yes that's where dirk and um christoph christoph was there they were shooting Porzingis. around right? yeah they were shooting around they were Two of many players oh. who went with Dikembe Mutombo oh. out there to Mutombo. Johannesburg to uh, to do this camp with kids. Okay, and uh, I think it's really cool. And so the camp, uh, National Basketball Association and the International Basketball Federation today announced uh, this is on Tuesday uh, the top eighty boys and girls ages seventeen and under mm-hmm. from twenty six African countries. To participate in the 15th edition of Basketball Without Borders, um, of which there's an Africa game 2017 in which some of these players also play okay. in the game. 
And so 17 and under, you got some young whippersnappers out there across 26 different countries in Africa. I know that's blowing some people's minds because they thought Africa was a country. Right. It's a continent. It's actually an entire continent. (laughs) And there are 26 and more countries there. There are many countries. They chose Mm -hmm. 26. They had all these athletes come out. And so it's this camp. I was watching some of the videos of modern day NBA stars and legends of old, like uh, Dikembe and some of his generation's players go out there and teach some of the skill sets to these mm-hmm. young players. And it's really cool to see them out there and um, teaching young minds. Some of the people who are also out there right now, Leandro Barbosa, Bismack Biombo. Oh, wow. Also an African player. Yeah. Um, from the Democratic Republic of Congo, Jalen Brown, uh, Clint Capella, Luol Dang. Of South um, Sudan. Oh, I love Luol. You know? Formable. A, a bull of the finest caliber. Mm-hmm. DeMarcus Cousins! Wait, he went too? They let him fly? <laughs> yes! <laughs> they even gave him clearance. <laughs> I don't know. The travel ban might be a problem for him coming back. They're like, but Maybe, I'm American. Yeah. They're like, we we know, but like... <laughs> but you're, in a, you're, you're a particular American. You're kind of... Yeah, a little hard to handle sometimes. Um, <laughs> we also had Andre Drummond... Joel Embiid of Cameroon yeah. went out there. Uh, Serge Ibaka of Congo. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyle Lowry. I'm trying to see if there's anyone else out there. Uh, CJ McCollum went out there. Good for him. Uh, Emmanuel Mudai of the Democratic Republic of Congo. Dirk went out there. Victor Oladipo. His parents are Nigerian and from Sierra Leone. Nice. And Kristaps, we mentioned. Uh, oh, is. Dennis... Yeah, and Dennis Schroeder, I didn't realize this, of the Atlanta Hawks, his parents... For a second, I thought you were going to say Dennis Rodman. I was like, why? Oh, gosh. (laughs) Why is he there? Another one. Um, His parents uh, are from Gambia. And then Thabo Cephalosha, um, parents hailing from South Africa, even though he's Swiss. And then Kemba Walker. So a lot of players went out there. That's a lot Um, of well-known players, too. Dikembe Mutombo played in the league for many years, and he was an epic player. Um of the highest degree for mm-hmm. the league. And in his time, he was also a great philanthropist and someone of humanitarian effort. And so he has never forgotten about his roots in Africa. And he has done so much for people across that continent to, to help lift them up, specifically in his native country of Congo. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's just some things about Dikembe Mutombo that you should know. Tell he me. is a well-known humanitarian. He started the Dikembe Mutombo Foundation to improve the living conditions of his native Democratic Republic, Republic of Congo starting mm-hmm. in 1997. It's not new. No. This ain't new. He's this been is, doing this for a while. It's been a minute. He is multilingual by both upbringing and education. He speaks English, French, Spanish, Portuguese, Shiluba, Swahili, Lingala, and two other Central African varieties. Wow. I mean, that's as many fingers. I have more. I have less fingers than that. Yeah, you do. That's crazy. Wild. Um, he was born a member of the Luba ethnic group in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Uh, he is known for his flailing elbows, of mm-hmm. which he has injured, injured several NBA players, including Michael Jordan, Charles Oakley, Dennis Rodman, Patrick Ewing, Chauncey Billups, Ray Allen, Yao Ming, LeBron James, and Tracy McGrady. They've all taken bows. Yep. Um, along with his defensive prowess, he also could contribute offensively, averaging about 10 points a, a game for his career. Nicknamed Mount, Mount Matumbo, 
His deadly combination of height, power, and long arms have won him the NBA Defensive Player of the Year four times. That's a lot of times. That's a lot. Well known for his wagging of the finger. Yep. Many people, if they were blocked on their shot, Dikembe would give them the, the finger wag. Like, not not in this house. Not, not today. Not when I'm around. Do you know, uh, Mutombo's full name is, I'm going to try this out, Dikembe mm-hmm. Mutombo mm-hmm. Mumpolando mm-hmm. Mukamba Jinjake mm-hmm. Wumutombo so I'll say that I really, five times fast. I really hope you didn't butcher it. I'm he said sure that I was with close. the utmost respect. <laughs> I'm sure I was close. Um, with a towering height of seven foot two inches and 260 pounds, uh, he was regarded as one of the best shot blockers in the game. Uh, eight-time NBA All-Star. And do you know? Mm-hmm. Do you know what college he went to? Mm-hmm. Same college as Allen Iverson. Georgetown. Yes, he went to Georgetown. He is one of several big name centers that um oh man now i forget the coach's name paul not paul silas the coach for georgetown uh john no that's john yeah it's thompson john John thompson thank you john thompson had matumbo alonzo morning and patrick ewing wow all those big men that's amazing around roughly the same time yeah that's incredible um but he attended georgetown on a scholarship and his intention was to become a doctor. However, do, do you know what his scholarship was for when he went to Georgetown? No idea. Academics. Yes! He went to Georgetown on an academic scholarship. To Not be a, a basketball scholarship. No, he wanted to be a doctor. And then he showed up on campus all seven foot two inches. And the and George... He was... And, he was anyone could pick him out. And John, John Thompson was like... Young fella, come over here. We're gonna we're gonna build you up a little. Get bit. over here. John Thompson recruited him off the campus to play basketball for the team. That's that was what, not his he was, intention. He was like a walk-in tryout. Like, yeah, he walked on. Yeah, that's funny. They basically handed him a jersey the first day he walked in. Um, when he arrived, um, he spoke almost no English and studied the ESL program. He proved to be an excellent college center, continuing uh, Georgetown's tradition of producing great big men. Uh, celebrated as one of the greatest players in their history, and he's doing great things for the community he's, that he's yeah. that he was a part of. That's even more awesome. He's not just a baller; he's a great mind and a great heart. So, my dope person of the week for all the work he's doing for basketball without borders in Johannesburg right now, and for the many things that he's done with his foundation, um, is definitely Dikembe Mutombo. Very well deserved. I think. Very well deserved. Two really cool dope people. I'm yeah. into it. Yeah, I'm into it. All right, man. It's been a fun ride. Mm-hmm. We will catch folks in the next one, but be sure, as Alex mentioned earlier, we want to make sure people follow us on all of social media and be sure to subscribe and rate and comment on, especially Apple iTunes, about the podcast. Tell us what you like. DM us. You know, it goes down in the DM. I don't mind some DMs here and there. No, it lifts my spirits. It lifts your spirit. When my little icon goes, you have you have a message in your DM. It's a little pump of dopamine into yeah. the brain. It's like somebody likes me. That's you cool. know, just come on, give me, give me a little bump. <laughs> I appreciate it. All right. Anything else you want to close off no. the, the day with? Yeah. No, that was that was great. In two weeks from now, we'll do it again. We will do it again. We'll catch you later, folks. See ya. Yeah.